I am so excited to bring you the first episode of season two of the podcast. Happy New Year. In this interview, I ended up talking with three people about addiction and EFT tapping as a tool to dissolve fear and claim your freedom from the past, from old hurts and stuck emotions. EFT stands for Emotional Freedom Technique. So I talked to a prison inmate, Jennifer Hughes, and she recently transferred from a prison to Chesterfield County Jail to join the wonderful HARP program, which stands for Helping Addicts Recover Progressively. And then I talk with HARP program manager, social worker, Bailey Hilliard, and I even talk with the sheriff. Here we go. Imagine living fearlessly. You're focused on what you love in life and you're letting go of the rest. And you're taking care of yourself like never before. Welcome to the Dissolving Fear podcast, where fear doesn't run the show, you do. The mission here is a world where fear doesn't control us. We let go to grow. I'm your host, Miss Alyssa, and I'm a Kripalu yoga teacher and an inspirational speaker. As a resilience coach and trauma-informed teacher, I'm sharing proven tools and inspirational interviews meant to help anyone overcome overwhelm and live their best life. We're not meant to run on fear and cortisol. We're meant to believe in ourselves and find serenity in our body and mind. As we grow stronger and evolve, our fears dissolve. Follow this podcast. You'll love the results. Loving life is what we're all about here on the podcast and at MissAlyssa.com. Enjoy the show. Thank you so much, Bailey and Jennifer, for joining me here at the Dissolving Fear podcast, where anxiety doesn't run the show, you do. You're joining us from the HARP program at Chesterfield County Jail. Ladies, welcome to the podcast. Hey, Hey. how are you? So to all the listeners out there, please know that these two amazing women are joining us from a jail. So you might hear some background noise from various activities going on. Bailey, you're a caseworker at Chesterfield County Jail and you manage the HARP program and it's an inmate drug rehab program. Tell us about yourself and the program. I know it began back in 2016 and you recently received $1.2 million in grant money in 2020. And I think you even had the country star Jelly Roll perform and visit with the inmates. So <laughs> Bailey, what does HARP stand for? both as an acronym, and I know we covered that, but also as a successful program that has helped thousands of people. You know, so I'm a, a social worker by trade. So I actually grew up in a law enforcement family and kind of wanted to be on the other side of helping to be a part of the healing process and the rehabilitative process. And through, you know, a series of fortunate things stumbled into HARP. Um, where I run all of our programs here um, and get to do uh, so many, so many cool things like meeting Jelly Roll and all of that. But, you know, none of us ever got into this work because of stuff like that. Never in my wildest dreams would have thought yeah. that, that would happen. I'm sure Jen can attest to no. that. <laughs> the, they uh, tricked us. Yeah, yeah. Um, but HARP itself. So it's actually a pretty cool story. So Sheriff Carl Leonard, who's our current sheriff, he saw the 10th overdose death happened in Chesterfield County, which is where we are. 
Um, it happened in March of 2016. And for some reason, the the significance of double digits happening in March was huge to him. You know, the year before we hadn't even hit double digits. And so he basically sees that and goes to the medical director and is like, hey, are people here coming in struggling with heroin use? Because it was primarily just heroin at the time. And, you know, the medical director seeing people coming in detox every single day is like, yes, there's like 30 to 40 people coming in every single day that are struggling with this. And so the sheriff was like, okay, well, we're going to start a program tomorrow. And so he kind of skipped all of the, you know, just all of the bureaucracy of everything and, you know, getting grant funding, which as you mentioned, came years, years later um, and took it out of hide from the sheriff's office budget and really personally invested himself. I came on board actually in 2020 and kind of did some program evaluation, some editing, um, enhancing where I could and all of those good things. Um, but it really all, and I'm sure Jen will attest to this too, it really all starts with the care and compassion of the sheriff. Because I still to this day will wake up probably once a week to a text message from him saying, hey, so-and-so is struggling down and in intake and they're detoxing. Can your team help? Um, he is hands-on helping with people from the very beginning of individuals incarceration he's made his rounds and in intake by the time that I'm like awake most mornings yeah. <laughs> um but it really comes from just a true desire to to help people and you know harp is helping addicts recover progressively it was originally heroin addiction recovery program and it's changed oh, over time. I didn't know that okay yeah yeah and they you know the participants because it's it's peer led it's the participants program it's not my program not the sheriff's program it's their program um that's the, if they hear anything today if the listeners hear anything i hope that they hear that it's that this is a program that is driven by the very people that it serves yeah. they are the ones that get to choose and dictate how things go and again jen, jen can talk to that plenty yeah um it's not just i mean yes it is um ran peer-to-peer but i feel like if it wasn't for the people that um work here that are able to give us different opportunities. It's not just about um, drugs, it's about behaviors and, and not just that, but they try to make it to where it's not just about that. It's about like, uh, what are you gonna do when you get out? Um, they set us up for recovery, housing, clothing, um, different trades. Um, we have SurfSafe, which is a, a management um, certification for a restaurant and PRS, which is peer recovery specialist for people who want to work in the field of recovery and um, uh, just different types of things. So it's not just a, let me just help you while you're here. It's how can I help you now and in the and for your future. But we wouldn't be able to do that if it was not for the staff that work here because they believe in us and they know that it doesn't just stop here. It's, it's a forever thing. So. So Jen, you're a current inmate at Chesterfield County jail. How has HARP helped you personally? Tell us a little about yourself if you want. So originally I'm from Richmond. So um, usually I've done a lot of time in the past. Um, I usually, like I said, usually do it in the Richmond city jail. Um, and this a particular time I got arrested in Chesterfield. Um, it was like a, a culture shock to me. Um, I have a really hard time trusting people um, and relating to people that were outside of what I was used to. Um, so when I first got in the program, um, I was really standoffish, really angry. 
um, really didn't like people because I really didn't like me um, and really wasn't willing to give anybody a chance. She got in a lot of trouble her first oh, couple of weeks. <laughs> I got in so, so much trouble. And uh, anyway, oh, I, so, so it's all, a culture shock. Is it a better culture where you are now? Oh, yeah. But at, in the beginning, it, when you're used to something, uh, change is uncomfortable and nobody likes what they don't know. So coming into a whole different environment, not only just the jail, the people, the inmates in the jail, but also the staff members down to the deputies, you know, it was just completely different. So um, now I can say that the culture shock is so much better. It's so worth worth everything. Um, I'm kind of glad I got locked up in Chesterfield, you know, because I wouldn't be um, where I am at this point. Um, so uh, over time, because things take time, you can't just expect to uh, all your issues to go away overnight. It doesn't take one class or one learning experience or, or anything like that. It's you have to to be consistent and 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 relentless with it if you want to change. And a lot of my problem was childhood trauma, things that I would have never guessed would have been my problem. Also, connection has been like my main go to for everything, because throughout my life, um just not feeling like I belonged anywhere. I come from a really broken family. Um, you know, like I said, childhood trauma. And so it's really hard for me to trust and also trust that people are gonna accept me for who I, who I am. And, and that, was, um, that was a big issue for me because even though they probably did understand, I, immediately I assumed that they just didn't understand. And, and so, but what I know is that they haven't given up. And, and it's been three years now, three years. And, um, and the same people have been working here the entire time. And they've seen me, you know, fall short and get in trouble and go through a lot of really hard times, but they never left my side. And because of that, I 100% um, trust, love and respect these people um, more than I have anybody in my whole entire life. So, um, yeah, it's been, I'm, I'm happy for you that you found that trust and yeah. love and respect. It sounds like it's not at every prison or every jail. You were really lucky that you got caught where you did. Yeah. Yeah. You'll hear too, just as she's talking, there's this kind of saying that the opposite of addiction is not sobriety. The opposite of addiction is connection. And I think yeah. that's something that we really live by in the program and really mm -hmm. live by in the way that we really do all of this. I mean, yeah, because so the program, it's, it is a holistic program, but they they have like this perfect team of people. You know, when one doesn't know the answer, the other one does. And when you, over time, you build connection, you, you build the trust for somebody. So I'm not scared to come and say, I need to talk. I'm going through something. Do you have a minute? And, and I don't feel bad about it. And I don't feel like I'm bothering them, you know, mm -hmm. and the connection piece has been probably um, the glue for me. You know, that's, yes, the classes have been great. I've learned a lot about addiction, trauma, being vulnerable, lots and lots of things, but it's the connection that has made um, me feel uh, safe, motivated, accomplished, proud. Um, without, without that, you know, I just don't truly believe that I would be who, who I am without y'all. Yeah. That's awesome. 
I have that here in my notes, actually, um, the opposite of addiction is connection. I remember I heard that at a conference years ago, and it just like totally resonated with me. My dad mm -hmm. was in and out of rehab when I was a kid. But when um, I was a kid, I didn't know about tapping. I only learned about tapping back in like 2018. And the tapping that y'all do in the HARP program is called EFT, Emotional Freedom Technique. And it works like acupuncture without any needles. It just allows your emotions to flow through your body because they're meant to flow and not stick, right? Emotions are energy in motion. They're, as humans, we can get stuck in these unhelpful ways of dealing with things like drugs and other ways of coping, but those emotions are still stuck inside of us, even if we're using mm -hmm. drugs and coping in that way. So the emotional um, freedom technique, EFT, that is what frees them. And that's what you use a lot in your program. Why do you think tapping works so well? Well, I'm not one of those people that buy into anything. Like I'm a skeptic, like no matter what it is. And when Miss Carrie first came in with the tapping technique, we, every single one of us was closed minded. We were like, this is not going to work. And, you know, and so in the beginning, it was a challenge because it was something different that. Yeah, I sat in on the class and I was because <laughs> I was like a psych major. And I was like, this is like way placebo effecty and like sat in uh, being like, OK, I'm going to figure out how to like protect my people from this crazy lady that wants to talk about um, trauma tapping. <laughs> <laughs> but I think. So the tapping, you know, we thought at first we're like, this thing's crazy. Like, what's happening? Yeah. What's ha and I think we all have been like, oh my god, this works. This works. Yeah. And Harvard meta analyses help to believe in it too. <laughs> to the fact that there's multiple, like, full Harvard reviews of tapping. Yeah. You um, you'll see like big tough guys, like you know, ones that you would never expect, and they're like, oh my god, you know, they're tapping it out, but it does work. And I and I've experienced it through having like a really really tough time just recently um I had a something happen um it really upset me and um Bailey and two other of the clinicians came in and we started tapping I was hysterical I was crying I couldn't stop and and um so they just kind of talk they're talking the whole time it's not just like this silent tap you know it's like guided and um just they're I'm just tapping and they're just tapping with me and all of a sudden like I just out of nowhere, just calm down. There's different um, things on tapping. You know, you might have, uh, it might be anxiety, being able to sleep at night. Um, and it's all the same thing, the tapping, but I think it has a lot to do, like it helps when the words are coming, you know, when you're talking about what it is that you're trying to accomplish. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, that's and, what I like it. It has that mind-body connection. Like mm -hmm. you're tapping on your body, but also mentally you're bringing yourself to a better place. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and it's really cool. So we do EFT, but the only person actually here that's clinically licensed to do EFT is our clinical director, Carrie Rhodes. And so everyone else here, we've actually gone through the Peaceful Heart Network and we are all trauma tapping certified, um, which is kind of a skimmed down version of it. So like anybody can be a trauma tapper. You don't have to be a licensed therapist to be one. And so we've gotten all of our program participants are trained in trauma tapping. A bunch of our deputy staff is trained in trauma tapping. Um, and I mean, we use yeah. it all, all, the time. all the time. That's why Jelly Roll came. 
That is. That's yeah. right. Yeah, that's what got Jelly Roll's attention. Yeah. <laughs> he's into tapping yeah. or he wanted to learn about tapping. Bunny, his his wife Bunny is into tapping and she saw the video and that's how she ended up finding us. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. did he bring his wife too? He didn't to the jail, but we actually our team got to meet her after we met her at the concert after. Well, I'd love for one of you ladies to lead us through a little EFT tapping here in a bit, because I think my podcast listeners would love to follow along and experience the calm and confidence and that body-mind connection. So I think it's a great way to connect to ourselves mentally and physically, and it's easy. I teach kids to do it. I'm a teacher K through 12, and I just moved from an elementary school to a high school. And so I became familiar with it back in 2018 when I was teaching at an elementary school and I was a mindset behavior coach and that's how I discovered it. And sometimes I take them on a walk. I take the kids through some breathing, just anything to help them process and regulate their emotions and find some calm inside themselves yeah. because yeah, I mean, I don't know when the first time you found calm inside yourself was, you can, you can tell me, but for me, it wasn't until I was like 16. I was in a state of fight or flight as a kid, and I didn't yeah. even realize I was hypervigilant and wound up. I thought that was normal. Yeah. So I've been using um, substances for many years. Um, so the calm for me would have to have been since being here in the program. Not, you know, just that uneasy feeling, um, always just upset, uh, defensive you know, not being able to just sit and breathe. And I guess for me, it would be like once um, I started to understand like what is happening with me and, and not being so overwhelmed about the past and overwhelmed about my mistakes, I was able to like sit down and say, okay, like this happened. I cannot take this back. What can I do to help myself to get past the shame and guilt? And that's when I started to be able to just sit down and just breathe without, you know, like this constant nagging in the back of my head, like, you know, I suck. Mm -hmm. Cause shame and guilt just fuel the fear. And here at the oh, podcast, yeah. we're all about dissolving the fear. And so many of us, we have an uncomfortable, we're uncomfortable with the unknown, but we have a fear of the unknown in mm -hmm. so many different realms of life. And then when we can dissolve that and get rid of the shame, then we can live an even better life. Would either of you like to lead us through a little tapping practice right now? Is your audience familiar with tapping? Like, has, have you gotten to do this with anybody before? I released um, a tapping episode last year and I'm going to okay. release another one either right before or right after this interview episode. Okay, cool. Um, So what you'll go ahead and do is you're going to start tapping on the side of your hand gently with just two or three fingers um, and get comfortable in your chair, have your feet both planted on the ground and just take a deep breath in and go ahead and bring up whatever is in your nervous system right now. Um, so for a lot of us, it may be anxiety. A lot of us, it might be stress or worry around the holiday time. Um, and you're going to gently move to between the eyebrows. And so just think about the things that are currently stressing you out. So maybe something along the lines of today, I'm feeling anxious. Today, I'm feeling anxious. Okay. Um, we're going to go to that side of the eye. And so today I'm feeling stressed. Today I'm feeling stressed. 
under the eye. But I accept myself as I am. I accept myself I accept as, myself I, am. as I am. Ooh, today I'm under the nose. Today I'm feeling really anxious. Don't forget to breathe or yawn. So if you swallow, it's normal. If you yawn, it's normal. That's just your body releasing energy. Um, go below the lip today, but I love and accept myself as I am. I love and accept myself as I am. You're gonna go to the chest point. It's about two inches below your collarbone. And for this one, you can tap kind of all over if you want, or in that one spot, um, really whatever you prefer. So again, today I'm feeling really anxious about blank, whatever it is that's really stressing you out today. And just feel those emotions. You know, top of the head, but I accept myself as I am. I accept myself as I am. We forgot below our armpits. Well, that's <laughs> the fun thing about tapping is you can do it in any um, okay. any yeah. step. So we, I like to go above before. We oftentimes, for those of you that might not be, we can go to the arms, which for ladies, if you, it's right about your bra strap line. But if this is something that's uncomfortable to you, you can actually tap your wrists together. That's something that we actually do here a lot in the jail with um, individuals who may have experienced some level of sexual trauma or physical abuse. It's just honestly more comfortable too sometimes for people. So whichever you choose to either um, right kind of on that bra strap line or to tap your wrists. All right, don't forget to breathe. <laughs> just tap here for a second. And then we're gonna go back to the other hand, the other side of the hand. I'm feeling really anxious in my body. I'm feeling really anxious in my body. And then think about where you're feeling that anxiety right now. Is it in your throat? Is it in your stomach? Is it in your chest? Just name it. And go ahead, tap between your eyebrows. And does that stress have a color? And just again, think about what that color is. Take a deep breath. Side of the eye. I love and accept myself as I am. I love and accept myself as I am. Under the eye, everything's going to be okay. Everything is going to be okay. Under the nose, I can be present where I am today. I can be present where I am today. And I'm safe in my body under, you can tap under the lip. I'm safe yeah. in my body. Go ahead and move to the chest point. Don't forget to breathe again. Again, let any of those swallows, any of those yawns, let them out. And then we can go to wrist or bra point. We'll switch it up this time. I love and accept myself as I am today. I love and accept myself as I am today. I, am today. Mm. I like that. I love, your wrist together. Yeah, a lot <laughs> of people do. And then top of the head. 
Take a deep breath in. Deep breath out. We actually, the sheriff is about to walk into the room. Hold on one sec. <laughs> we just did a round of tapping. Would you like to say hi? Who are talking to? Up to podcast about um, fear and overcoming your fears. I mean, who's... Who? Her name's Alyssa. Let me get down here. I oh, can't gosh. get up. But... <laughs> Okay, so for all you listeners out here, I have a link in this episode description of the sheriff's video. Welcome, sheriff, to the podcast. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Welcome, everybody. I have a link to your video on measuresforjustice.org, where you're talking about how you started the program just by scooping up people off the floor when they came into the jail and they were withdrawing from drugs. And that's what Bailey was saying at the beginning of the podcast. Yeah. You just started from scratch. You started day one. Literally picking them off the floor, literally. And the reason they're on the floor is because the cold concrete helped them with the withdrawal more than being in their their bunk. Mm -hmm. So we'd find them curled up on the floor, cold cement floor, hard as could be, but it kind of eased the pain for them. That was my first indication. You have an addiction. You want help. And I know that Jen is like so grateful she ended up in your jail. Not only ended up in my jail originally, we brought her back from prison to bring her back yeah. here. <laughs> That's another uh, story. Yeah, another story. <laughs> yeah. But uh, because there's just not help out there, uh, unfortunately, in our correction system writ large, right? Whether it's mm -hmm. prisons or jails. So uh, she was serving a prison sentence. We brought her back here to get the help she needed. Uh, she did a great job there. Uh, withstanding all the pressures and triggers, but we wanted her in a safer environment, so we brought her back. Yeah, and she appreciates the connection. We were just talking about how connection is key. We think the opposite of addiction is like war on drugs or get the drugs out of circulation, but the drug isn't the problem. It's just like with an eating disorder, eating more isn't the solution. It's deeper right. than that. And you're getting yeah. to the childhood trauma the feelings of shame and fear. And so I just really appreciate all the work you're doing. Thank you. I appreciate it. Yeah. Y'all have a great day now. <laughs> Thanks, Cheryl. Connection is key. Feeling safe is key. We can grow when we're able to let go of this need to control life or this compulsion to seek comfort with drugs. And we can grow when we face our fear and connect with ourselves. So I hope that everyone felt a little connection with themselves when we were doing tapping. Is there anything else that you guys think is the opposite of addiction along with the connection piece and connecting to yourself and having relationships and then mentors? It seems like in the program, you're mentoring each other. So you have a lot of support. Is there anything else personally or that you've seen that's um, a good antidote to addiction? Um, for me, because I'm a, I'm a mentor in the program. Um, and I have a lot of responsibility. Um, and one of those responsibilities is basically paying it forward, um, being there for the other women and being able to understand them on a profound level. And one of the things that I, over the years, like I said um, in the beginning, I always felt really misunderstood, um, but also I felt like people gave up on me too easy. Um, and I was like, gosh, you know, am I that bad? And so, um, a part of what I do is I'm not going to give up um, because I care about people's life. Somebody cared about mine. And because somebody believed in me and uh, seen that I could be a, a better version of myself and they were going to help me, I do the same thing. And so there's a lot of inspiration in helping other people. 
Um, I'm really attracted to uh, the broken women that come in um, because I am them. And um, and so that all in itself is um, motivation just to keep going and keep helping. Uh, we can't save the world, but if we can make a difference in somebody's day or just a moment, then everything that we do is worth it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I think the thing that I see the most is so like the classic Brene Brown, the anecdote to shame is going to be vulnerability. You know, vulnerability is a huge piece, but in order to be vulnerable, people have to be safe. Mm -hmm. um, and so I think somehow in a jail, we have managed and really the participants have managed to create a space where they feel safe enough to heal and safe enough to be vulnerable and safe enough to have connection because typically in corrections you're not going to feel safe like safety in corrections does not like those two things are complete opposites of one another um you have to protect yourself you have to keep yourself safe most people have to join gangs in order to not you know physically be beaten every day to make a telephone call. And so to have an environment where safety is present allows for vulnerability and connection yeah. and you know, meaningful conversation and friendship to happen. Um, and really like that's our responsibility as staff just to make sure that things continue to be safe. Yeah. And it's as simple as like not gossiping. Yeah. Like it's as simple as wow. not stealing things yeah. um, or like stealing a, cookie it's it's right. that simple um and so really those are the things that from my standpoint that I see being kind of the other two two pieces and then I really like Jen said I see people come alive when they get to do the service work when they get to help the next struggling person yeah. you really see yeah. people come back alive yeah well I'm I know also too like the shame piece the shame is uh it keeps people defensive but shame is I am bad is I did something bad. And a lot of people that come in here, they feel like they're bad and they're not. We just, bad things have happened, but we're not a bad people. And uh, about, um, probably about a month ago, since we're talking about the safety thing, there was a girl that came in the pod who was wearing her tennis shoes to sleep. Mm -hmm. And uh, for us that had been there for a while, you know, we're like, you know, we felt really, really bad for her. And so after a couple of weeks, you started to see her wear her shower shoes and um, instead of her, her tennis shoes. And um, she had to have her hair a certain way. She was in this really, really defensive because little things are, help us to feel safe. You know, when you have your hair yeah. down, you started seeing her wear her hair in a bun. It was messy. It wasn't, you know, she I, I feel like the light you know, was coming back on. And that's, that's the beauty of it is when you can see somebody whose light went out and then it comes back on, you know, that's, that's everything to an addict like me. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And as a teacher, I, well, I don't think I've ever shamed a student, but I have seen it. I did mindset and behavior coaching for elementary school students. And in middle school, I worked for like 10 years, um, and I think when the students feel like I am bad, then they're like, I don't care. I'm going to do something bad then. Like mm -hmm. everyone already thinks I'm bad. So like, why wouldn't I steal a donut? Like, why wouldn't I do right. this? or that? And right. so when you have this feeling like I'm not bad, I am good. You know, I am the light. I'm bringing light to this jail. I'm bringing light to the world. Then everything, your behavior changes and it changes for your own good and for the better of everybody. Yeah. Well, you can't change a bad behavior by shaming somebody. 
It does, you can't scare somebody into, you know, it just doesn't work like that because that's going to go back to that. I'm bad. Like I'm not worth it or, mm-hmm. you know, and that's just not the case. You know, here we get to the root of what the problem is. Like, let's go back as far as we can go back and figure out what's happening. Yeah. And the data says that all less than 29% of HARP graduates were rearrested after being released. That seems really great. Um, I don't know if you guys know what the normal rearrest rate is, but what else are you doing in addition to tapping? Do you think Bailey that contributes to that amazing success? You know, I think that really the thing we haven't talked about, because I think, I mean, obviously everything that we've talked about is combined and we do classes that range from trauma tapping all the way to a forklift and logistics class. Cause you know, we want to heal you, but then also send you out to be a productive member of society. But really the biggest piece is reentry and having a safe place to go when people return home is huge. We're really lucky to be in Richmond or right outside of Richmond and the recovery community in the area is incredibly vast. And so we have a lot of safe places that should a person choose, they can go and live in a recovery house, work a recovery program and have a lot of support and structure because we know that the support and structure works really well here. But if you go back to the classic people, places, and things that you were with before you were arrested, you're just going to end up right back there with us. Um, And so I think really having a strong reentry plan, most prisons these days are just shoving people out the door and giving them $50 and a bus ticket to get back to their city. And that is not good enough, frankly. It's not good enough. And our returning citizens deserve more. you know, and to have support, it's a, it's a transitional period, you know, Jen, when, um, I don't want to put words in your mouth to speak for you, but, you know, when she goes home, she'll have been incarcerated for almost four years, and that's a long time for the world to change. COVID happened in that time, and, you know, she's not lived in a post-COVID world, and so if we just threw her out in the street with none of the people that she's built a connection with, with none of the resources that she's going to get, it, it would be asking her to fail. We are in this system that has asked people to fail by not supporting anybody. But instead, you know, she has a plan to go to a recovery program where she's going to have support. She has access. So Sheriff Leonard has an open door policy. And so anyone that's been through a program and really anyone in general can come in for group or classes any day. So, you know, Jen, if she gets out on a Tuesday, she can come back on Thursday and see her community and have her group of people that she's built that trust with, built that relationship with, and maintain that connection. Because if that connection's cut off, how are we ever going to expect things to continue? That Mm -hmm. connection has to continue. Otherwise, she's going to end up right back where she was. Yeah, that's like, I think, one of the major parts of it is housing and connection. Like we, we talk about that a lot because it is a big deal. Like we cannot um, do this alone. We cannot recover alone. We cannot heal alone, but just being thrown back out into um, society, especially for somebody who has been incarcerated for a long time, they are destined for failure. So it is important that we have housing and, and somewhere, you know, somewhere safe to be, and that we stay connected with those people that have helped us that we trust because without that, it's they're, they're destined for failure. Mm-hmm. 
I'm surprised that's not part of like the prison campus. Like you graduate out of the prison, you go to independent housing. It's right by the prison. You can still come to AA. You can still come to TAP. That should be like part of the system. I would love for that to be standard. There are maybe communities in like Denmark and Italy that are doing it a little bit better than we are here in the States. But in the States, I mean, we are the only jail that I'm aware of in the country that allows formerly incarcerated individuals from our jail to come back so quickly um, and to continue with the support. You know, we have people who continue on therapy. You know, you've built a therapeutic alliance with somebody and to have your therapist cut off from you is huge. Imagine working through your massive trauma with a therapist for two years and then having that cut off the day you leave. Oh my gosh, like that would be horrible. And so that's what people are going through. But most people in prisons at this point aren't even getting that level of therapy either. Um, that that would be a dream if we could get that everywhere. But um, yeah, I mean, totally. I mean, like, I don't even know much about prison and jail but I already had the same idea as Denmark and Italy right here just from being in a podcast for 30 minutes. Like, why isn't that a thing? It sounds like it is a thing in Europe because somebody already had that idea. And well, that's for another podcast. But as far as tapping goes, um, you know, I love the name it to tame it, name your emotions. I love how it helps us focus on our feelings because sometimes we just want to avoid and avoid and avoid. And then the last thing I love about tapping is it shows us that life isn't black or white. It isn't like good or bad. You can feel hopeful and emotional at the same time. We can be safe physically and have our anxiety and our emotions at the same time. And so I think it just finds some balance and gives us some balance. Have you guys heard of the physiological sigh? No. Your inmates would probably love it because the scientist is super hot. His name's Dr. <laughs> <laughs> We'll like it. We'll love it. <laughs> but anyway, um, his name's Dr. Andrew Huberman. And it's just a quick way to calm yourself in the moment. You just take two inhales through your nose and one long exhale through your mouth through pursed lips. So it's like, and physically it moves your lungs and heart in a way that just calms your body. And it's called the physiological sigh by Dr. Huberman. So you might want to check it out. His videos are super handsome and helpful. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I like your priorities. <laughs> yeah. Try the sigh. I always say, and when I teach it to okay. kids, I teach it like you're blowing out candles on a birthday cake, two inhales through your nose, smell the cake and then exhale and blow out the candles. So that's a little tip that, cool. you know, you don't have to tap on yourself while you're in line at the DMV. <laughs> hey, I was doing it in the airport the other day. I'm like, okay, we're like, everywhere. Like, we're having, it's yeah, so there's accepted. No, there's here. no shame. Yeah, yeah. We're, it's so accepted here. Like, we just do it wherever. Oh yeah, there's no shame. Um, I do tapping also, but you know, you can never have too many tools in your toolbox. <laughs> yeah, yeah that's true. Have yeah. either of you ever watched Damon West's speech, The Coffee Bean? No. Yeah. Or read his book. Okay, so I'll, I'll just briefly tell you. He went to prison for drug use, right? And this older guy who was a, an inmate was like, Damon, I'm just going to tell you something. You're in prison now. He was doing meth. And the older guy said, you're going to get in hot water. This is a 
crazy environment. And you're going to either let the hot water turn you into a hard boiled egg and harden you. And you're going to be a tough guy, or you're going to let the hot water soften you. And you're going to be a soft little carrot, or you can be like a coffee bean. And when the coffee bean gets thrown in the hot water, it transforms and it evolves. And then it kind of spreads the love and the hope to other people in the prison, to other people in the jail. And the guy was like, that's what you need to be. You need to be a coffee bean. You need to spread some light and positivity in this prison. And so that's what Damon did. And he got out of jail and now he speaks about it. And he spreads the coffee bean story to everybody. I'm a coffee bean. You are a coffee bean. <laughs> Jen's a coffee bean. Jen's a coffee bean. Totally. I love that. Well, I we'll have to watch that. that. Well, I hope that the Chesterfield County Jail Heart Program continues to give inmates that chance to be the coffee bean in jail and in life. And when you're released, it's totally possible because it seems like most heart members aren't coming back to jail. And so that's a massive success. And I just want to thank you guys so much for joining me today. It was such a pleasure. I posted a link to the Harp Talk account on TikTok because that's how I discovered you was on TikTok. And I posted a link to your sheriff talking about the HARP program on the measuresforjustice.org. And I posted a link to the local news coverage where Jelly Roll, the singer, is getting interviewed. Um, any final thoughts you'd like to share with the audience here at Dissolving Fear? Um, no, you just have to, you have to face it. You have to face the fear. Yeah, I just think that there's hope that recovery is possible and that systems can change. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I agree with you, vulnerability. We don't want to look at our fear because then we have to look at when we were vulnerable as kids and when we didn't have control of our lives. And, but when we do all of that, we realize that we are adults. We're in complete control. We can look at our emotions and look back on our past, but it doesn't have to define us. Absolutely. Awesome. Well, thank you so much. Thank it was you. a pleasure. Thank you. Bye. Bye. That completes our episode. If the podcast content felt true for you, follow the podcast today and leave a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. Life can be full of uncertainty and unknowns, but life works in mysterious and miraculous ways. So keep exploring your favorite ways to dissolve fear and make room for your best life to fall into place. Believe in yourself and nurture yourself to maximize your potential. Thank you for being here.